Hi, welcome to our broad podcast. This is Isabel, Roxana, and Maria. This podcast is for everyone who's interested in stepping out of their comfort zone, and this is what we wish we knew when going abroad. Hi, everyone, welcome back to another episode. Um, here with a very good friend, Sam from Cleveland. <laughs> Say hi, Sam. Hi. <laughs> Um, so I met Sam in a very random way in Manchester while I was doing my placement year. So I don't know first if you want to say uh, your a little bit about of your background. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Go Cavs! And um, I was in Manchester studying for my master's degree in human rights law. And um, I was out on a date and saw a girl playing beer pong the correct way, not <laughs> bouncing the ball every time. And I was like, hello. And that's how we met, you and me, playing <laughs> beer pong. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, that's a very weird thing that I always think like the perfect timing and the perfect Literally, thing yeah. that have to happen at that time. Because mm -hmm. I was out with some friends and I didn't even know this place. And she, one of the girls said like, yeah, we should go there. It's pretty cool. And it's pretty much like a basement and you have like a bar and you have few beer pongs, few ping pong mm -hmm. tables, few big stuff going on and yeah so I remember that I went there and we um we basically um were I, I don't know if you, if the, one of my friends said like oh can we also like play with you yeah and, uh, and, Maybe that was it. the guy that you were with he was like oh yeah sure but my other two friends were too drunk to actually play and <laughs> then <laughs> Uh, I was the only one playing with you two and uh, we're like, oh you actually know how to play like yeah like where are you from uh, um, <laughs> and that, that kind of makes me like oh I'm from Mexico and we just kind of do this and also like I do it at uni here but and you were like, oh no way and then it turned out that we just <laughs> kept literally couldn't have been more perfect and now we don't even talk to those people it's just us <laughs> That's yeah. the best part. Yeah, pretty much. And also through you is that I met Anne that already yes. talked to her as well. So right? yeah, it's crazy how things kind of come together Tiny. and yeah, and tie yeah. everything. And we always joke about it. Like imagine if I just said like no to um going to that place or to the next time going yeah. to the date. Right, exactly. So Cool. So what are you like, what was your first experience while like going abroad, either studying or working or traveling um, or volunteering as well? I don't know. Yeah. Well, so my first ever time really going abroad was in seventh or eighth grade. So uh, a little before high school, I must have been like I don't know, 13, 12 or 13. I went and stayed in Costa Rica for two weeks um, with a host family. And then uh, her name was Marcella. And we just, I mean, she became like a sister to me. We hit it off. And then she came and stayed with me for two weeks. Um, and it was literally just 
so amazing. I was so lucky to be able to do something like that, at, especially at such a young age. So yeah, how old were was, you at that time? About 12 or 13, I want to say. So because it was seventh or eighth grade, I think. So I was, yeah, pretty young. It was absolutely just nuts. But <laughs> it was, it was, it was great. And it was like what made me realize because I, I don't even think people realize how much they would love traveling until they finally do it you know mm. so I was like excited to go to Costa Rica but then it wasn't until I actually got there that I was like this is incredible like I mm. wanted this a lot <laughs> so yeah so what did you do in Costa Rica let's see we went to well the first week was kind of like our exchange family time so I went to classes with Marcella. She, her and her family kind of took me around, went into rainforests and different restaurants. Although the very first restaurant they took me to was a Chinese restaurant because they were worried I wasn't going to like their food. <laughs> and they're like, what do Americans like? Oh, Chinese food. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> honestly smart because when Sabrina my younger sister came she didn't like any of it I loved like everything Marcella's mm -hmm. mom made for us like arroz con pollo and salchichas and just literally everything oh so delicious loved mm -hmm. it um Marcella actually tried to make it while she was here in the states and it just did not taste the same like at yeah. all <laughs> so um Yeah, but we, and then the second half of the trip, the second week was um, going out as, like, with my classmates to different, like, um, touristy spots. So I think we went to Tabacón, which is the hot springs, mm -hmm. I believe. And, um, oh, what's the volcano's name? Is it, I want to say Monteverde, but I feel like that's just, well, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I really can't remember. Oh, I'll have to look that up. But it was one of the volcanoes nearby because we were just outside of San Jose. So mm, that's cool. And yeah. I mean, going there in such a young age must have been like quite a shock. Yeah. I mean, we are in the same continent, but we are in the such a broad kind of culture. Oh. And I don't know, what do you found at first, like, shocking or mesmerizing? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's, I felt like I didn't have much of a culture shock. I was just so enthralled with everything. But I did have a lot of classmates, not a lot. I had, like, one or two who were, like, I don't know if it was a mixture of homesickness or what, but like this one guy would cry like all the time. But then by the end of the trip, he loved it. Like he mm. got up on a table and sang a whole song for us. <laughs> like at the oh, okay. play party, it was, it was unreal, but it was really sweet. But he like was, he was in shock because if you just went a little outside of where our families were from, Um, it was a little more um, lower income, so lots of kind of shack-like houses, um, whereas we were all with families that were pretty well off, at oh, least for okay. them. Yeah, yeah so um, 
I think, I don't think it was as jarring as it could have been. It's not like when I would go to Rancho Grande in Nicaragua. So, um, but you know, still being young is a little crazy, but I think I'm, I was young enough to not be freaked out either. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. It, like you kind of understand what's going on, but at the same time, it's like, a change. Yeah. I mean, it's not your daily base, like basic day. Like. Right, exactly. And like, the, I feel like the younger we are, the more we're like, we, we don't see the differences as starkly as we do when we're older, mm. you know, you're yeah. just like, happy to be making friends, happy to be learning new things, trying new things, ziplining through rainforests, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> like, so, yeah. And from there, then, um, you went to, you went to, Nicar to Nicaragua or what happened later? That wasn't until, so in between there, I've, wow, I've gone to like mostly all Spanish speaking. So, I went to Spain for high school trip, a high school trip, and we went from Salona, oh. yeah, all the way to um, to Costa del Sol and hit up every little thing pretty much in between, like Madrid, Alicante, Sevilla, all that. So, and then in my undergraduate career was when I started volunteering with Project Nicaragua. So, oh, so what did you do in Nicaragua? I, so we, I volunteered, my two best friends, Mandy and Kristen, introduced me to Project Nicaragua, and I loved it, especially because we go back to the same village every time, so it was nice to not, like, you know, do your little white savior stuff and head out, <laughs> you know, you mm. got to talk with them, see what they wanted, like, what they needed, what to be done, and helped wherever you could but um so when i was there i was head of business i was in charge of the sewing center and that was started years before i'd ever been to osu um at ohio state and um it was for the women of the of the village because it's just such a rural area like five hours outside Managua, about an hour or two outside of Maragalpa, up in the, in the mountains, like hardly any running water, like most homes don't have bathrooms, anything like that. And um, so a lot of the women don't always have like a very set um, income because as soon as you get pregnant or, you know, you, like you're taking care of kids, it's, hard to start and keep doing that manual labor that a lot of them depended on like mm. picking coffee and all, all that stuff so having something a little less demanding like a sewing center and and we also started a bakery for the girls and the women um was like our it was their idea to then have this outlet for the women so that's mostly what i worked with we would they would make the products and we'd go sell them and they'd get a hundred percent of the profits and well a hundred percent of yeah everything for how long was that um we went around it was always over our our either holiday break or spring break so i always went in december and it was about two weeks oh okay yeah not i wish it could be longer but we're not like the UK. We don't have those big month-long 
freak. <laughs> oh, well, but it's still, I mean, it's still like a good environment they good. can help yeah, yeah. as exactly. much as you can as well. So from those two um, experiences in like Latin American countries, what do you feel like was something that is in terms of taboos or stereotypes that you broke? Because obviously there are, we hear so much from news and we hear so much from people that go visit, but in terms of volunteering and actually having that kind of one-to-one -one experience with local people, how was it for you? I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was amazing. I think a lot of like, when you hear about like on the news and when you hear about from other people who volunteer in a similar way from these nonprofits, it's so easy to paint anybody in those areas as like victims that you have to go help and stuff like that. And it's like, that's just, it's not true when you go there and you see like we work with this one guy, Hoel, who is just so brilliant. And he's the one that comes up with these ideas or some of the other kids come up with these ideas and we, we're just, you know, there to help implement it. And it's like, it's nice to not think of a culture or a group of people as so helpless, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like what I had said earlier, you know, the whole white savior complex of just like, oh, we gotta go help these people. And it's just like, that's just not always the case. A lot of them, you know, yes we all need help in different ways but we like they are very self-sufficient and obviously so it's just sometimes the media doesn't portray it that way yeah you know? that's very true uh i like that like we kind of like buy that victim paper or like a role for them and or for any any other country and it's right. like yeah they they do need support and they do have like their plans but it's not like if I don't go or if people don't help them they're gonna be like super helpless like obviously our help is gonna push and improve but it's not gonna be like the end right exactly cool and from there like you went to uni or what did you do um so I was doing that while in college and my undergrad and then oh. after that I took a year off for a full-time job, like after I graduated. <laughs> um, wasn't the biggest fan of it. It was just, you know, like an office job. And then I was like, I started really getting into the idea of becoming a foreign service officer. And um, I was like, I saw everywhere that it was like, you should try to have whatever experiences you can abroad because that's only going to strengthen your profile um mm -hmm. even if it's just like you know being having fun abroad or something you know so i looked into teaching uh english and i moved to spain to the island of menorca for a little less than a year and taught english there and then after that right after that i came to the uk for my master's Right. Yeah, that's true. I I forgot about that um Spain experience. So you like you spend there like nine, ten months, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And like you taught, I guess, local kids or people, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. I guess also like 
you haven't mentioned like you kind of know a few basic stuff in Spanish. So obviously it's quite different m moving from living in a country uh, like the States and then moving to Spain, like in a small island. Mm. And just like we always joke about um, distance and yeah. <laughs> hours and people eating at random times, like all oh, that. How was it yeah. for you? Well, firstly, it was like they speak Spanish, but they mostly speak Catalan. So that was already a bit like I was like, oh, snap, because I was <laughs> really hoping to get my Spanish back up to where it used to be in high school and 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 undergrad. Um, so but that wasn't the case. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because then I started learning a bit of Catalan which is fun yeah <laughs> but um it was definitely just so different you know especially coming from the U.S. where it's like mm -hmm. you know you're go 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 all the time like we live to work they work to live you know so yeah it's you, siestas very real thing <laughs> like <laughs> everything would just be closed down at like of three two three p.m i'd be getting off work of of like teaching and nothing would be open and i'm so used to being like i'm off work like let's i'm out and about let's get my errands done let's do what i gotta do let's go to the gym and it's just like nope <laughs> like, go home. yeah hang out yeah either take a nap or have your your big lunch that was another crazy thing is I never, I've never been much of a lunch person. I love breakfast. Like, so I always have big breakfasts and then mm -hmm. I'm not that hungry during lunch. And for them, it's like, no, like that's your big meal. You know, you have like this late lunch and then around dinner time, you're picking at tapas, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was a bit different. And like, I, I always tell the story of my friend Jen, who, yeah, you met the one time. She yeah. had gotten, um, her phone was stolen, and she filed a police report, and the police then thought she was only doing it to get insurance money for some reason. It turned into this very convoluted, just crazy thing. Mm -hmm. And so the police were like, you need to come in to talk to us. Um, we close at four, so come in before four. So we got there after working and everything and having to rent a car to drive all the way out to that one place where the police station was. Um, we got there at 345 and they're like, no, we're not talking to you. And we're like, but we got here before, like we got here before four. And they're like, we said before four. And we're like, we know we're here at 345. And they're like, no, we're going home. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. So it's very, I think it's like a combination of Spanish and Island life, you know, like everybody's like, I'm not, I mean, I got 15 minutes left. I may as well go home, you know? <laughs> which is just like unheard of in in the states and probably many other countries well a couple of countries I don't know we're definitely crazy about our work but I just it was so funny and just yeah. so crazy I, yeah I, I mean I agree with that but I, I feel like it's also like the culture because that right. happens here and I yeah. really really hate it like 
they say like it, they close at five, but if it's something to do with the government, they will be done by four, four thirty. Doesn't matter if they still have thirty minutes left, like they're closing. It's like, wait, what? Like, why on earth would you do that? Like when you know that people are do, like working or whatever. And also, exactly. Like, <laughs> it was such a big shock as well as you as you mentioned with the times. Like my mom, she was just there for a few weeks and she absolutely hated it. Like it's only 6 p.m. and they're closing. Like yeah. what happens with the other four hours that I have? <laughs> and like, and they'll, they'll reopen though. Some of them actually would reopen. They'll close like from like 2.30 to like, I don't know, 6.37. And then they'll be open for like two extra hours at night or something like that. And I'm like, what in the world? What is the point? <laughs> I but I feel like that's very Spanish though. Yeah. yeah it's so spanish and it's yeah. like it's so f it's just it's funny so it's, it's something that we yet need to discover or kind of understand more i don't know and uh, from uh, like living there and kind of teaching and working there how like how did you find the difference of working in europe and working in the states um well it's kind of like i said with um how like serious we take work so i'm just like thinking i'm just doing a like what i need to be doing and then a lot of the times my teachers would be like oh my gosh like you went above and beyond you went da, 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 you know like oh thank you for doing this and that and this and i'm just like I just felt like that was the bare minimum, but I don't know, maybe like not to say that anybody isn't a good or hard worker over there. I just think like we're a lot more, you know, strict with it. Like I would, there were times when I'd come in and I was never told that my teacher that I work with wasn't there. Like she had taken the day off because she has these horrible, horrible migraines, but like she didn't tell me and nobody told me until I got there and they're like, yeah, so you can just, I don't know, go home for a few hours until your next shift or whatever. And I was like, well, what in the world? You know, it's like, there's no sense of urgency or mm -hmm. like, like, oh, I should do this to do this to the, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, she's not here. Well, say lovey go on yeah it is what it is. Like, yeah. it is what it is yeah you know and i'm like well no i just walked all the way here you know mm -hmm. and it's just like what it's just very it was very different so i feel like at least in my experience at my works like in the u in the u.s and even in the uk because uk is pretty similar work-wise um i could never do that like as an employee like not let like I would be so upset with my boss if they did not let me know, you know, mm. and they're just yeah. like, Oh, we'll find a substitute. Hey, can you do it? Like they didn't even have somebody who like came in, like they just like moved classrooms around or something, you know, it's just like, Oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like they played by ear kind of thing. Like, Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's true. And now like, that you Oh yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned the UK, I remember you saying like it's just that these people are sometimes so polite that I kind of miss the point of them just ask like saying it but not asking for it, but then asking but not saying it. Like 
Yeah. I don't know how lucky. Are going. you saying like with the where I'd feel like sometimes my like if I had a manager who wanted something done but he just like wouldn't say it like it would just be like almost a passive aggressive sort of thing <laughs> like I'm just like you know like maybe you could be doing this like that like and I'm like just tell me to do something if you want me to do it you know like just <laughs> just annoying then like I like I don't know yeah, no, I agree. So now that we moved to the UK, so how was it like the experience of studying in the UK and kind of like getting to understand the culture? Because it is so similar in certain ways, but it's so different in some others that. Yeah, I felt like, honestly, most of the time I felt like I wasn't even in a different country until I opened my mouth. And then, you know, it was like, I as soon as anybody heard my accent, they're like, oh, where are you from? You know, like all that, <laughs> some bad accent. <laughs> but yeah, like I, like, especially like when I went to Edinburgh for Christmas in Spain, like that was back when I was living in Spain, but it's still the same thing. But um, like, as soon as they'd hear my accent, they'd be, oh, come have a drink with us. Like, oh, duh. and I'm like, wow, that's so nice. Which is like, <laughs> It's so shocking because you're always told, like, oh, they're very reserved as a as a culture, and they and they are, you know. Like, I now have been dating Jason for a year, so like, I know there are times when I'm it's like pulling teeth trying to get him to talk about feelings or something, you know. And so I was so I was always so surprised when they'd be like, hey, come talk to us or something. But I think that's just because I wasn't, it was definitely because I wasn't from there, you know? So, but if I didn't open my mouth, it honestly felt like I could be back in the U.S. most times, like, except for all the rain, of course. <laughs> but you know how that is. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it, it is true. Yeah. I mean, work-wise, study-wise, like... I think learning things from a different country was definitely different. I, it was like every, every lesson from every class was like, the U.S. are the bad guys. And I was like, nice, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So that was always a little different. But like even things like I had people in my class calling it the American slave trade. And I was like, that's. Mm, not yeah. right <laughs> yeah no <laughs> now that you say that I feel like at least in in the UK I I always I it's weird to put it but when I was here studying in Mexico I always found like people either talking about what was going on in the states and kind of like always having that that judgment but like that kind of contact with one country and another but I always thought that because we were so close, it was right. kind of necessary. And then I moved to the UK and I found the same thing, like UK people kind of judging or criticizing or talking about what was going on in the States and vice mm-hmm. versa. Sometimes people in the States talking about what was going on in the UK. And it's like, I don't know how you find it, but sometimes for me, it's like, wait, you're not even from that country. And you are like, in such an idea that could be so wrong or so distant or partially true that 
you are judging if it's, it's your own country and mm -hmm. you are just like moving or doing because of social media especially right now during quarantine and all that i feel like it's a lot of judgment and a lot of going on just like focusing in the uk or focusing in the states when the global situation as a, like as it is so important not less than the other than another country i don't know oh, I agree. Like, it, it would just be like, you know, we talk about things like the US had done wrong, but it was like the UK had done exactly like very similar things or something like that. And we wouldn't talk about it or it'd just be like, a, well, the UK has also done it, but you know, and then we'd go in depth with the US and I'm like, okay, well, just because you acknowledge it doesn't mean you've gone into it. So I think it's like, I'm, I'm all here for us like being criticized because there's so many things like I do not disagree or I do not agree with like how our country has handled things, especially now and in the past. But it's just like, yeah, like you said, what, why are you having these preconceived notions of mm. me and you've never even been to my country or they'll be like, oh, Well, I know I've been to Florida and I'm like, that's like saying, oh, I know China. I've been to like Shanghai. Like, no, there's a whole other country. Like, oh, I yeah. know Mexico. I've been to Cancun. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, say that. Yeah. It's yeah. So I've been to reality. Tulum. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, so Disney different. World. Have you, you know, the U.S. Disney World? Like, no even you know it's just like so it's it, but i mean it's just like whatever if you wouldn't say that about other countries you shouldn't say about it, it about some countries you know what i mean yeah no i agree and i feel like at least for me i know so little from each country or i feel like i only know certain areas that i cannot feel free to judge as yeah. i am an expert Because I probably I have been living or I have been studying or I have been working in those countries, but that doesn't give me the chance to kind of criticize how they're doing it. Because probably it's as shitty or as bad as it's going on in my own country. Like, you know? And, exactly. Or probably we just focus in that and it's going in exactly the same or worse way in your own mm -hmm. country. So. Exactly. So it's just like, oh, well, if you want to take that hard look, like, I just, the U.S. is on such a world stage because we mm. find a way to meddle in everything and get and, you know, worm our way into any media, anything. So it's like people, they're just, everyone has an opinion on us. You know, mm. it's like everybody having an opinion on the Kardashians or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or exactly like the Kardashians that I think I feel like it could be a similar feeling like yeah <laughs> some people feel like they are free to judge and they know more than anyone else exactly it's like you've never met the Kardashians you don't know them like you just know what you see on tv hmm. it's just that's the way I think about it because it's just like and anywhere I went it's like oh like oh what about guns like people making school shooting jokes to me and I'm like that's how that's how yeah when you're that distant from a problem I guess when like if somebody can make school shooting jokes to me and I'm like I have hid in the closet like because we've had 
a scare. Like, why do you think that's a funny thing to joke mm-hmm. about with me? Like, but that's how easy it is to joke about something when you only ever see it, you know, on TV. Mm-hmm. And you only ever see, like, people being mm-hmm. dumb about it. Like, oh, my Second Amendment rights or whatever. And it's like, they think it's a joke, but it's like, that's a very serious thing. And yeah. I feel like that's something that people just do sometimes. No, 100%. I agree. I have had that with narcos. Like, people just saying, like, um, oh, yeah, sure, like, you must be, a, like, a kid from an narco, like, you're here, like, and they just joke about it when this, the situation itself, first, is scary, and it's not nice to actually have that situation in your own country, but worse, right. having that kind of a stereotype or a label of, yeah, you're always going to be related to it, and I, it's pro, if it's not going to be an arc, it's going to be a cartel. If it's not going to be a cartel, it's something going to gonna be something mm-hmm. as a label. And sadly, major, the majority of the times it's not going to be positive. It's going to be negative or against it kind of thing. And it, it's just you don't understand how anybody could have the audacity to, like, ask about that when it's like, oh, are you – have you asked a German person about the Holocaust? Have you joked about that to them? No. Mm. But that's how much, because it's a, in history, it's like, feels like it was so long ago. It's like, oh, like, it seems more serious or something like that. But since we're going through it now and people are making movies about it, shows about it, like, it just mm-hmm. feels so... Okay to say it, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you're you're not actually living through it, so I can just be making jokes. And it's just like, that's not, it, it's like, it's scary. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes you kind of like mature or learn or grow up from that idea or mindset until you kind of travel and meet people from that country or kind of like learn a little bit more, even if it's just documentaries. I mean, as yeah. more as you learn and get that knowledge and you kind of stop that audacity, stupid audacity of saying things just yeah. because it's funny or it's just right. uh, for the sake of it, like you kind of like understand where people are coming from and understand the backgrounds and kind of learn that what is okay to say and what mm-hmm. is not that okay to say or do you kind of like have that touch and ask I have I have had friends that they say like is it okay that we talk about this because I don't know how sensitive might be because obviously people could joke about it and how do they don't know that probably some of my family members died from it or we got affected from it yeah exactly yeah how if, Exactly. Like, as soon as I said something to this guy, like, no, I have had, like, scares like that, where we've had to hide in closets and stuff like that, been locked down. Like, have you? And it's like, well, no. And, and he was just rude. And he was like, well, maybe you guys should fix things. And it's like, well, yeah, but we're, we're under a lot of corruption right now, so it's, like it's not that easy, you know. And it's also not my fault, is it? Like, right. it's not that I'm going against it. Maybe you just think twice before making a joke. Like, it's just like that's what everybody just needs to do is be like, does this really need to be said? Like, do I really need to joke about this? No, okay, like, did it make anybody laugh that hard probably not <laughs> so let's no just, or <laughs> what is the positive thing safe. about it as well yeah. yeah yeah exactly cool now i did this um <laughs> <laughs> i did this yeah. challenge to 
Anne, so I'm gonna try oh. to do it with you as well. So this challenge basically is, um, I'm gonna put a timer with 35 seconds and I'm gonna say a word and everything that gets like in your mind, pops in your mind, like related to it, just say it like as many as many words as you can and okay. uh, we'll see how it goes yeah okay. you want to do it <laughs> sure like word is okay. so anything related to stereotypes uh prejudice i just got to keep going yeah okay prejudice um media uh ideas um, oh gosh, um, I say dumb, but I don't know, maybe some kind of truth, uh, um, a stereotype, common, um, uh, that's culture, it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. oh, that's hard. Okay, now taboos. One, two, three. Oh, um, money, politics, um, ethnicity, sometimes, um, unsure, taboos, um, scary, some people are scared, I guess, of them, um, unspoken, avoiding, uh great game buzzer <laughs> i don't know if you can have that game um that's it okay <laughs> right um and one last one um going abroad okay um eye opening um Scary, fulfilling, exciting, uh, difficult, privilege, um, uh, I said exciting, adventure, um, culture again, I guess, food, so much food, new, <laughs> newness, um, love that's it cool okay so now um i like to do this because it kind of like tells you subconsciously what you actually like relate to and think about it and with all this like going abroad and having all these stereotypes and taboos like what do you think like you understood or broke in terms of stereotypes or taboos when living or working or studying abroad either from you from your country or from others and other countries um i don't know if it's like self-centered to say but i do feel like i learned more about myself and my country after mm -hmm. living abroad than i did about others perhaps it's just because the UK was so similar and I'd been to mostly Spanish speaking countries, but um, I had met people from all around the world, you know, and I, like I said, everybody has an opinion on us and has to tell us that opinion. So I guess um, 
I had always thought before living abroad, though, that like the world just disliked us, you know, and they didn't like think highly of people from the U.S. and they thought we were ignorant and unwilling to learn. So it was kind of nice being able to meet people who didn't believe that um, and being able to show them that here I am trying to live abroad and everything, you know, and I mean, I was incredibly privileged to be able to do so. Like it's, though it is cheaper in the long run to have gotten my master's abroad, it was not cheap at the beginning. So I, it's, um, it, it's so hard to like find ways to travel and stuff, especially from the U.S., um, so I guess, I don't know, it was nice to hear my own stereotypes of myself that I've had of my country and my thought process being broken by others, because sometimes I feel like that's the only way we look at like breaking stereotypes is it, it until you hear it from the people who you'd expect to believe the stereotypes, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like not enough for me, like as a white Hispanic woman to be like, oh, like, I don't believe this stereotype about Hispanics, but then to hear a white non-Hispanic person to then be like, I don't believe these stereotypes and I don't see these stereotypes in you. It feels a lot more powerful and, and, and like more broken. So to hear people from other countries say, you know what, you're not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're you're not ignorant. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm not. You know. I mean, it's no. If I know people, like you are one of the less ignorant that I have ever met. Like <laughs> honestly, like, you. you are like I think like one thing that it's really um, what I found in you is like you're so passionate about your own degree and oh. your what you're doing, and to the point that you are willing to go for. Um, these new roles and doing exams and all about it. Like few people are not like they do it because they want to. Like they feel like they have to. But you and a few others, I feel like they you do it because you like it and you love it and you find the truth, like the truth and the meaning behind it somehow. So yeah. So uh, going through that, like what was what made you like do a master's and like why? Because I have heard. The, that question so many times in the past few months right now. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants to know. But I I guess for me, it's like, it, it feels like everyone now is getting degrees in college, like a, getting a bachelor's degree or associate. So I needed one more thing, especially as a woman, to set me apart, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, masters seemed the best idea. We'll see in the future if that's true, but <laughs> I, I mean, doing one year to get a master's in the UK was like literally one of the best decisions ever. So, and I met you. Yeah, that's another good point. <laughs> that was a pleasure. If you do say so yourself, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, obviously, I didn't know that I will meet you guys in Manchester, and I just did it just because I felt that it would be really positive for my career. Sure. Yeah. But it is so 
um yes as you say like it's so such a good experience i'm saying like i wouldn't have changed that for anything in the world like i just know that i have done the right decision and i have enjoyed it as much as i could so that's mm. great um if you could know like what was the thing that you wish you knew or some points key key points that you wish you knew before going abroad i feel like people have asked me this You know, I don't know. I felt like I, and it, this might be because I haven't, like I said, gone to anywhere that's been that much of a culture shock. Cause like even with Costa Rica and Nicaragua, like I said, like I have, like my grandfather is full blood Spaniard and my dad is half Spanish and stuff like that. So I've been around Latin American, you know, Spanish, but So I feel like I've never been anywhere that was like that jarring. So I don't know if there's anything I for sure wish I had known, but I do think if I was talking to someone who I knew would be in a culture shock, maybe going to these other places, um, I would say, I guess I wish I'd known just how easy it could be to go out on your own to do it. You know, like, I think we build it up to be so much scarier than it is. Um, but maybe that's just me. But I like going and traveling and meeting new people. I think it can be so it can be thought of as being so scary. And if you're doing something like this, chances are you're with people that are in a similar position. And you just got to remember that, like, you're not the only one you know, in this exact position, you are going to find someone in the same position, like, you're, you're not alone, like, you can always find someone to bond with, mm -hmm. um, and also, I guess, you're never trapped either, I think mm -hmm. people get scared, you know, when you mm -hmm. go, and it's like, you can always find a way to get out, or get back home, almost always, you know, there's, there's always, I've found like even when I've been lost with Jen in France like uh, like scared to death like we're not gonna get up to meet our friend in the Alps or whatever we're missing trains we're missing buses nobody wants to help us because we don't speak French you know people are literally using their hands to shoo us away there's always a way to like at least try to find something like some way out of it you just gotta remember to like try I guess is what mm -hmm. I would have liked to know before yeah no I like that one yeah I mean it doesn't have to be like really deep it could be anything like don't confuse the sour cream with yeah. the word. like I wish I knew that one <laughs> but oh, Don't forget uh, to always bring cash because when I was in Berlin, my credit card worked nowhere. And if I didn't have Jen with me, I would have been screwed. So yeah. <laughs> thank you, there's... Jen, if you listen to this. But yeah, I definitely agree with all that. Like there are so many people in the same position and we are always so like anxious and in our own brain thinking about our situation that we don't stop and say like, ah wait probably it's just perception and we are all in the same boat <laughs> exactly I think we build it up so to be something so much scarier than it is and it's just 
I don't think it's as scary as a lot of people build it up to be. I just think people are just sometimes scared of doing and being alone, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. Like the fear that we sometimes mm -hmm. get subconsciously, it's the one that is blocking us to it, do something that we should or we think that it's going to be not as successful as it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. and it or happens in like all ways. Yeah, yeah, like we are so, like sometimes we do, we stop do, doing things that we like because we don't want to be criticized or judged but when mm -hmm. we actually give zero fucks about it and we don't really care what what people think and we just do it for our own sake it's kind of like a, yeah yeah i like this and exactly. yeah like you said the stereotype, <laughs> the stereotype of somebody eating alone in a restaurant like oh they must mm. be so lonely like nah they probably just wanted a meal and didn't have anybody to go with and now they're enjoying their food in peace and quiet them being stop assuming <laughs> yeah that, that's what i always tell to my mom just don't assume stop assuming and honestly everything will change perspective wise yeah. everything cool and lastly for um this what was the thing that kind of opened your eyes or changed during these pandemic times to you oh oh goodness um I think I appreciate it. Well, things that uh, the eye-opening thing is how much, oh, this sounds so depressing, but it's honestly, it's been crazy to me to see how much people just won't do the most, the smallest of things to help others mm -hmm. and like wearing the mask and everything. And But on the, on the flip side, it's also shown how much people will, like, how many communities will, like, come together to help. Like, I, I've been absolutely floored by the fact that we've had Black Lives Matter protests happen in every state. You know, that's, like, hasn't happened in, like, really ever, I think, except maybe the civil rights movement. So it's just crazy one minute I'm feeling so down which I'm sure everybody in quarantine has felt like you you just start reading so many articles or something and you see videos of people like throwing things at service workers because they're being told to wear masks you know mm -hmm. but then you and it's yeah and that's eye-opening in and of itself but then it's like you gotta make sure you read some other things that are way happier you know you're seeing like mm -hmm people come together for peaceful protests, they're singing, they're like, just being there for each other, like, so it's, it's nice to, it, it's, it's, I guess the eye-opening thing, too, in a way, is just like, I can't believe how much social media can affect my moods, <laughs> yeah, you know? like, I think people are, now that we're stuck at home, and that's the only way we can see things and know things, you're like, oh my gosh, I need to get off my phone or else I'm never going to pull myself out of this dark hole. Mm. Like, so yeah, that's been eye-opening for me as well. Because yeah. I've always had been busy, multiple jobs or school or whatever. And it's just like not having anything. I'm like, oh, I gotta go Move take out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that's yeah, I agree with that. Especially when so many negative stuff are going on and the only thing that you see or focus on is negative, you kind of like 
feel drowning into all that. But if what you're saying, if it's in your phone and see it positive and kind of like change that channel, it's like good things and it's going to be the same way, kind of like kind of influencing your day or your vibe or whatever. Right. So it's good. Yeah. And I think we talked about the last time or a couple times ago, how like, like, you, me, and we feel like we've talked more with other friends and each other because of this, you know, like yeah. people are more, more likely to schedule a, a Zoom date or whatever, you know, and yeah, talk like a cold date. Yeah. yeah, so that has been a little eye-opening too, but positive. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Okay, and any advice, just to finish this, any advice that you would give to people? Um, I guess my advice kind of goes back to the thing I wish I knew before was because I, I kind of framed it in my mind as advice. It's like, just don't be scared. I know that's easier said than done, <laughs> but like, you're just, I've, I've never met anybody who's regretted, like trying to go out of their comfort zone and going abroad um like the at the end of the day even if it wasn't the best experience ever or something like that you've grown you know you've mm -hmm. you've had this experience you've become a stronger version of yourself afterwards i think you've become more well-rounded you've become more knowledgeable therefore i don't really see very many downsides to just chucking away that fear and just doing it you know as long yeah. as i guess the only thing that ever thwarts people a lot is money as well so if but you there are so many other ways as well like there are scholarships and there are so many right like i mean probably jobs or part-time jobs and kind of like loans as well like there are so many options if you want to look at them. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is like, it sucks. It's definitely going to be easier for some. And if it's going to be very hard for you, it, like, I'm like, it, it sucks, but just try harder, I guess. I don't know. It feels bad. It feels like I'm preaching, but I'm just like, it's, I mean, I'm thousands of dollars in debt, but I'm also like way happier that I've ever done it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. Like, it's not easy, but if you want to do it, you should do it. Yeah. Money comes and goes, and as long as you enjoy it, like, why would you, like, it's better to be um, enjoying it and saying, like, yeah, I lived it, than just having the money and say, like, oh, well, I have it, but then I have no joy or happiness in my life or even experiences or even, yeah, memories. Yeah, me. exactly. And do it for yourself. Don't do it for instagram or clout or whatever or like, your parents or your family oh, yes as yeah. well yeah exactly. i agree with that do it for you yeah 100 percent. So, cool yeah. i don't know if you want to add anything else or is that true? um i i don't think so i'm so proud of you though this <laughs> yeah like you were saying with the you can tell that it's something i like to do or whatever like you creating a whole podcast like shows how passionate you are you know about this and 
It's so great. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I did. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. Sounds good. I'll see you. Bye.